Doctor Who Fan Podcast, episode number nine. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Doctor Who Fan Podcast. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft. I'm Stephanie Ravenscraft. And we are here to talk about a whole boatload of Doctor Who podcast or episodes, I should say. Right. <laughs> a, whole, a whole boatload? A whole TARDIS full. There we go. All right. So we're going to be talking about, let's see if I can remember. We got Utopia, The Sound of Drums, and last the last of, of the, the time lord exactly and so uh we have viewed these over the past several days mm-hmm. and so we're going to do our best to bring to you our review of these episodes uh given the fact that it's been a couple days and that we've put a couple episodes on top of each other now what i am going to do different this week is we're going to start off with uh, a listener feedback and we only have one this week not even a single caller from the uk where are those doctor who fans from the uk i ask watching season four you know what it is they're out there uh calling into uh, megan's hannah montana fan podcast <laughs> yes our daughter she's eight years old has a hannah montana fan podcast over at gspn.tv and she has over five thousand listeners and i think she has probably about four or five responses a week from her, uh the uk fans really that's uh, pretty like cool v- voicemails i mean it's it's crazy that's really cool i'll tell she's you a cool what kid. my daughter my well actually all my kids are awesome i have two daughters and a son and they rock but anyway we have we're gonna start off with some feedback from doug in atlanta he recorded this specifically for us he called and says you know hey it's kind of long do you mind and it's only i asked him to just say you know three and a half minutes or less can you do that and he said sure i can do that and here's what he came up with and now. Hi, this is Doug from Atlanta recording some feedback for the Doctor Who podcast. I promised to keep it under five minutes, so here goes. Uh, first, the old business. You covered, among other things, Blink last time. Now, the script for Blink is up for a Nebula Award for science fiction writing. Blink proves to me that a good Doctor Who story is a good story even if the Doctor isn't prominent. Like you uh, said last time, the Doctor and Martha are almost incidental to the story, uh, but of course, this could happen couldn't pull this off if uh, if we didn't know them so well already and didn't have a history with them. My kids have noticed this sort of thing, even in regards to the old Doctor Who series. A good story is a good story, even if the monsters are rubber and the sets wobble. It also shows that living, breathing monsters aren't always the most scary. All we ever saw were stone statues, and yet this is the only Doctor Who that gave my youngest hooligan a bad dream, as far as I know. Uh, new business. Season finales are always fantastic in this new uh, Doctor Who series, and this season didn't disappoint at all. First of all, the indestructible Captain Jack. you got to wonder if they had this in mind when Rose brought him back at the end of season one or just 
had him on the back burner to see when they might use him. They they probably was just back burnering, but uh, it was a great tie-in. Uh, the Watch. Now, in Season 1, Christopher Eggleston said that he knew there were no more Time Lords because he would have been able to sense them. Well, the Human Nature episode set up the prospect that a Time Lord isn't always a Time Lord. So, who knows what else they can bring in with that. Uh, the Return of the Master was a great twist, and now we find out who this person has been working in the background since last year's Christmas special. Uh, when my hooligans now re-watch Season 3 with their friends, their little antenna go up when they hear a Saxon reference they didn't notice before. Um, the final episode, Last of the Time Lords, really isn't about the Time Lords at all. It's about Martha and her heroism. Again, another good story without the Doctor at center stage, and it gave the companions something wonderful to do other than get saved or ask what's going on. Uh, it was a great science fiction story on its own, but it was also a good story of forgiveness at the end, if you caught that. And what about the sound of the drums, that rhythm the master and those under his influence would drum out occasionally? I know I've heard that before. I, I just can't remember where it would be. It's a kind of rhythm that really sticks with you. Not, not really sure where I've heard it before. Well, anyway. Uh, well, that's all for now, and don't forget, in November, vote Saxon for president. Alrighty. I love the Doctor Who theme song. I know, that's really cool. You know, I never even thought about doing it until just now, but... Duh, we, with GarageBand, I can make that my, IT, that can make that my phone ring. You my, can. my ringtone. You my can. ringer. Okay. Um... That was a very well put together voicemail. Yeah, thank you so much for that thank there, you, Doug, Doug in Atlanta. Atlanta. That was wow. awesome. It wasn't three and a half minutes of rambling. I mean, it was really thought out, well put together. Yeah, it had comments. a little it was you know, and it wasn't just one point that I mean, sometimes uh, you get the you get the occasional caller that makes one point in three and a half minutes. He made <laughs> like a ton of I mean, not that yeah. we I mean, trust me, we we love our listeners. We, we do. We the fact that you guys not only listen to us just that just amazes us. See, okay. I'm not very, I'm not very, um, I don't feel like I'm very articulate on a phone call, um, especially calling in and just talking to an answering machine. So I would be one of the people who it would take three and a half minutes to make one point. Right. So, right. so I feel for the, I feel with those people exactly. you know, because, because I am among them, but I admire people like, like Doug in Atlanta who, who can put together such a well yeah. thought out, Yes, and 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 piece of feedback, you know, not to be one that's the pot calling the kettle black. Is that what that is? Uh huh. I think so. Anyway, I, are you calling me? No, I'm talking oh. about me. Okay. I oftentimes take an hour and twenty minutes to make one point in a single podcast. You do, um, but that's just because you like the sound of your own voice. I do like the sound of my See, voice. Some people hear the da 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 da. You hear yourself. I hear, I hear me. <laughs> it's not all about you it's so. not all about me all right so anyway wow thank you for that doug in atlanta and thank you to everybody who listens to the show and calls in it i mean you guys really are awesome so um let's see here let's check out utopia. our yeah our notes here for utopia 
Now, what I am doing is I am cheating at once well, again. I don't really want to cheat. I don't like that. I'd rather try to go back off my memory and see what I remember. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. You do that, and I'll see the cheat notes. <laughs> okay. Seriously. I, but let, let's go ahead. What was Utopia? J- just off the top of your head. Let, okay. I, I'll, I'll give it to you. We okay. will not look at the notes. I, a matter of okay. fact, I'm minimizing them. You don't have them. to minimize them because there may be something really important okay. that, that we missed. We need to look. Okay. But, um, okay, right off, I remember <laughs> how... Absolutely unrealistic, but totally cool it was that Captain Jack grabbed a hold of the TARDIS and flew through yes. space and time, holding on to the TARDIS to wherever. 100 the trillion years or wherever. The, 100, it yeah, it was 100 trillion. It was trillion. 100 trillion years. Yeah, that, yeah. that was a little bit unrealistic. But it Although, was awesome. <laughs> is there anything in Doctor Who that's just slightly unrealistic? Right. Okay. Um, so I thought that, that was that was really cool. That grabbed my attention right away. Um, most definitely. And then, so so they're, they they land and they're just kind of walking around and and then, you know, he notices. Of course, the doctor is so observant. It's one of the great things we we love about him. Um, he notices what looks to be or what he calls a hunt, where oh the, yeah the funky teeth. Why wow, you are remembering things like even in order even. You rock. Thanks. Does Go, okay. that surprise I'm, you? No. I, I, I mean, don't build me up for a fall, please. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so anyway, then they start running, you know, with that person. They run to, to safety. Can you get us to Utopia? Yes. You know, all those good things. And then um, some, somewhere in the midst of there, we meet um, the professor. professor. Well, she called him his, his um companion of 17 years called him the professor mm-hmm. did you notice that yes okay yes she did not just call him professor it was the professor right i felt something very funky about him from from the beginning did you feel that watching it for the first time the first time no honestly i didn't <laughs> you you were more perceptive okay. there than i was i was a little bit more easygoing and just i thought maybe he was a time lord okay but I did not think he was going to be the, the master. master. Okay. It took me, I was probably about 30 minutes into the episode before I figured out who it was. Because at first I thought that it was maybe the doctor coming across himself. Right. At a different point in time. Yeah. But then I said, no, they just did the whole, was it called human nature? Was that the first episode where human with nature. the watch where he was not himself? Yes. Okay. Yes. So I'm like, well, no, they just did that. And, and so I, I don't think that they would go back there. And so I'm sitting on it. And so I'm like, <laughs> it's gonna, he's going to be the master. Right. Which I think is awesome that you knew of the master and that you kind of could assume that just based oh, upon. I remember that creepy guy who played the master. Richard Delgado. Back in in. Older episodes that I've watched with you, he had this funky, pointy, black goatee. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think there were two people that played the master, and but they looked the just like one, each other. That's the only one I remember. He he had black hair and this pointy goatee, and he wore this huge cape, and he thought he was like... Right here. Here's here's the pictures right there. So, so um, and let's see here. Uh, Roger Dow... Oh, my gosh. There are this many... No way. I didn't... <laughs> Okay, so listen to this. There was Roger Delgado, which was the very first one. Uh, and let's see. Then there was um, Peter Pratt, Jeffrey Beavers, Anthony Ainley, Gordon Tipple, Eric Roberts, Derek Jacoby. 
and John Sim, and then William Hughes, the new doctor. The, the new master. So, wow. I mean, that I did not realize that the ma- or the new doctor, the new master, that I had not a clue that there were that many people that had played the master. But I'll tell you what, it, it, it was, it's it just was so really cool. weird to have the master look different than the goatee with the... I liked it. He's, well, he's no, a more too. believable character. Um, as for someone who is going to be posing as a politician, you know, in, in our era, I think the, the other two guys that, that I'm familiar with, which are on Wikipedia, um, there is a... It's Roger Delgado. Just this, well, yeah. And and the guy that looks just like him. Yeah. So they're, they're the two... They're on the top row, the 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 left and the right. Um, anyway, those are the two that that are that I remember the most um, right. as things. So I love, but I don't think that either one of them you could buy as a politician. Right. No. I. I no. I agree. And and, and you know the fact is is that the doctor has our, regenerated so many different times, and so it only makes sense, sense that, that that he would right, regenerate into somebody that we would see today. So yeah. No. I mean, it, it totally fits in. I I agree with that. Um. Without any problems. So it, it was just weird. The only thing that I think was a well. No. I guess he was pretty darn sinister. Yeah, never mind. He he was just as sinister as the old master. He was. He was. I loved his ego trip. Oh yeah. He really um he really brought it home. <laughs> when he starts dancing, he plays the music and he's dancing in there. He's like, that was awesome. That so was but I, I think none of that has anything to do with the episode Utopia though. No, it, I, I was talking about sure. how I, I had predicted that it was gonna be the master and how really cool it was to figure that out. And as soon as Martha saw that watch she knew that was something was going yes. on and, and ran to get um, the, the doctor, doctor immediately. Yes, absolutely. And one of the things that uh, when there was the before the hunt, if you will, mm-hmm. the you know, they come out of the TARDIS. Jack, Captain Jack has been holding on through 100 trillion years worth of travel. And then they start having a conversation. And lo and behold, Captain Jack asks about a certain blonde. About a certain blonde, right. Um, I I thought that was great, but it only made sense that he would ask about Rose. Absolutely. Um, he had the hots for Rose. He did. And for the doctor. Which <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm just kind of... Is he kinda, the hots for the doctor or is he in awe of the doctor? I think that he likes the doctor. Because... Um, uh, I, I forget there was a there was some kind of statement where um, they were having a conversation I know, I know about it. the fact that he just you know I'm just there but he doesn't see me and I he know. goes yeah I know I got I've I've been there or right. s- something like that but I don't think that they I don't I don't know I didn't take it in the same way I yeah. guess well the, so. I I, I well. wouldn't have had I not known what somebody had told me about Torchwood okay. and hit, and the character there so. Right. That's the only reason I say. And then, you know, okay. I, anyway, well, let's just so, move along because we but don't want to go down that. My, my mind hole. was so my mind was so. Um, so wrapped up in the fact of finding out who this professor was. And then once I did, how amazingly cool I thought it was that the rest of the episode played out um, in my favor that I really didn't pay much attention to what was going on with the whole. I know the ship wasn't working and. They they couldn't get to Utopia, which we didn't find out in that episode was a whole hoax, but we found out later. Right. 
So anyway, um, I and don't. And at ha- the end of the episode, the master stole the TARDIS. I don't know that anything else significant came out of that episode, other than the fact that. Right. The, I did think that the, you know what the professor's name was, Professor Yarna, right? Mm. Yeah, I, Yar- I think his it was Professor Yarna. And um, one of the neat things was that the ac- that was an acronym for "You Are Not Alone," which okay. do you realize is the same thing we heard the face of Bo say as his last words? Yes, it were, they were. Which let's ju- I mean let's just go ahead and say we're, it's going to be difficult for us to separate these three episodes. It, it, well, I don't think they're meant to be separated. Right, but for our discussion and evaluation. Let's just jump right to the end. Was that amazing? That was so cool to find out that Captain Jack is the face of Bo. Can I tell you that was, uh, I'm sorry, it was Yana, not Yarna. Uh, Thank you. Thank you very much in the chat room. Me and my, I I think I just have a thing with putting in R's into the Doctor Who things like the uh, Daleks. Right. Daleks. Whatever. Anyway, Daleks and Yana. All right. So. What was I just saying? I was just saying something. Captain Jack. Ch- Cap- Captain Jack? No. Captain Jack. It wasn't Captain Jack, was it? We were talking about Captain Jack and the face of Bo. Face being of Bo. one and the same. Oh, yes. The reveal. It was so hard for me not to reveal that to you. Really? Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I I was really, honestly, I, I felt like personally, I was rushing to get through these episodes just so, just so you could that find out? that out because mm-hmm. it was so awesome. It was really cool. I enjoyed it. Watching the finale, the last episode, the okay. last of the Time Lords. Mm-hmm. Remember, I told you, I teared up. I three cried. times, three times the first time I watched it. Wimp. <laughs> Whatever. I teared up three times the second time I watched it. I didn't, and but I, I knew where you did. Yeah, and and I couldn't see your face while we were watching the, the television. The three places were number one, where the Doctor, um, everybody at the same time has has said the doctor and it's this powerful They're moment and doctor. he's he's coming back and he's rising up and he's hovering Glowing over his like which was really cool. Yeah, it was really awesome. It's like, "Yes, that's awesome. I love it." You know, Martha, you know, that was just amazing. What a great story. And so yeah, I teared up there just like, "Wow, that's awesome storytelling. That is great really stuff." Cool. And then what were the other two places? Um the I obviously the, I I just teared up at just the awesomeness of the face of Bo revelation, but there was something in the middle of those two. Do you remember what it was? It was when um the master died, or when yes when the doctor forgave him. Yes, yes, that was a very moving scene. Just to, yeah, that was it really tough. Was. So anyway, well I thought um you, you know I, let's see here. So in the chat room it says um. We got Amanda from Michigan that's joined us, and uh, we have um, Jeremy. Jeremy says, "I apologize, but I kind of thought the whole people think. Uh, I kind of thought that the whole people thinking, Doctor Flying thing, kind of ruined it. You know, I had heard a couple other people say that. You know, Jeremy, I, I you're not alone. Uh, but I will tell you that the fact that that the it was the just, balls were human." Is no, 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 no. He's, he's saying that he the scene that I, I said oh. that I the the one where he kind of rises up and hovers. Oh, yeah. That, was it a little cheesy? Maybe. I, I don't know. But I kind of get caught up in some cheesy stuff. I, it, it was for me. It was the emotional experience of what has Martha been doing? Because for me, it's like, what did what did what the doctor did he say to her? Whisper in his ears and her. what she did or want, whisper into her ear. And this whole thing about the fact that it's, you know, it's about this gun and she's on this world 
worldwide tour to go get these vials for this gun and and how this is all played out and it's just like this is so amazing and all it was is about how just telling Telling the story story about how this man has saved your life it was great writing it it really was is it or is it not just just some kind of possibility that the writer of this episode maybe had some kind of tie-in uh, and maybe some kind of background of of you know his his belief in Christianity where you know Jesus is this person that has saved us and therefore you know this whole i don't know maybe maybe not but it doesn't it, i just enjoyed it i, I it, thought it was and awesome I, I totally respect the fact that some people <laughs> thought that was cheesy and you know what it, it, it's cool that's you know the thing well, is, you know it's just like what dan doug from atlanta says you know if it's a great story it's a great story whether we have you know what wobbly sets and rubber costumes it was just a great story and so you can handle the cheesiness of the doctor rising up and and coming back into his um into his natural form i i can handle that because it was the moment in the story right and jeremy's pointing out that that maybe my analogy is not that great because the the doctor rising up was kind of getting his his power from the thoughts of the people and and i yeah you know what my analogy wasn't necessarily for that but 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 just the fact that you know just the whole okay maybe not using it as analogy but i think it's neat how it relates to the fact that we are the 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 world seems to blindly go on through life without knowing about something that somebody has done that has right. been so sacrificial on so many levels and so that's where i make the analogy but anyway moving along you know the the one thing is is the writers can't please everybody no i mean it, it, not. and i just glad that they chose to please me this time and i'm sorry to be selfish <laughs> like that <laughs> Yeah, you sound really sorry. I do sound really sorry. I'm so, Jeremy's never going to come to our Bible study group again. He's going to stop following you on Twitter. He is. I'm not going to be on his... Fi- what? What is it? The 50 list? I have a 50 list, which is now <laughs> down to 44. I have enough room for six people. Ooh, making room. I'm making room. I wonder who got the cut. Anyone who has not um, tweeted in the last oh, four months. Smart, smart. Four or more months. Sweet. So those people Bumped. who went in, those people who went in from like um, November to 16 hours ago, they got saved. <laughs> <laughs> that is I funny. I, I clean up who I follow on Twitter. That's great. If you guys aren't aware of Twitter, go to twitter.com slash GSPN and twitter.com slash full time mom. And uh, you can just follow what Stephanie and I are doing on Twitter. And so, uh, and we would love to follow you. Well, I would love to follow you. Stephanie, eh, she, she might put you I in her might, top 50. I might, I might not. <laughs> <laughs> no. Too funny. That's funny. So anyway, back to <laughs> our. Any, there are some people that I go back and check on, even though I'm not actively following them for, uh-huh. um, like there are some reasons that I, I won't follow someone if like we're on a completely different time zone and you know, I'm in bed when they're doing most of their tweeting. Uh-huh. I don't follow them per se. They're not on my followers list, but I will go check in on them and see what they did the previous day. Gotcha. I got a list of those kind of people. Yeah. All right. So let's move don't on. Don't make me out to be like this. No, I know. I'm, I didn't even mean to bring it up. That was a nice little rabbit hole that we went down there. That was great. Yeah. So I think Kermit the Frog has something to say to us. Moving right along. Thank you, Kermit. 
Alrighty, so in the Sound of Trums, we have the synopsis which says, The Master arrives in the 21st century as Harold Saxon, Prime Minister, and the world enters a period of terror when contact with an unknown alien race from whom the Master calls the Taklafane. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, um, which is the human race in the what future. What kind of spell did he have on his wife? That's, a, that's I don't know. the only question she, I really have from that um, episode. Well, other than, um, I'm so, that's not a question, it's a comment. I'm so glad they did not show us the carnage of the Taclofane, um destroying that reporter lady. Because they kept opening the door and oh, she was yeah, still screaming was, and she was still screaming and she was still screaming. Yeah, <laughs> Lucy Saxon, uh, her name is Alexandra Moen. <laughs> And uh, she is a very beautiful woman. She really was. She was a very beautiful woman, or is a very beautiful woman. And it looks like, uh, let's see here, uh, for identification purposes and checks. Okay, so there's not a whole lot more about Lucy Saxon or. Okay. But she was very beautiful. And I love that she was always um, very composed. Right. She just had a way that she carried herself that was. Oh, can I read this? Yeah. No, no, go ahead. She was always composed. She always had a way of carrying what? Herself. Okay. Lucy Saxon, played by Alexandra Moen, is the wife of Harold Saxon, the master, during his tenure as Minister of Defense and Prime Minister of the United Kingdom. When confronted by journalist Vivian Rook uh, about her husband's fictitious and suspect life history, Lucy reveals the master's presence in the room. Rook is then murdered by the master's Taklafane aliens. The master refers to Lucy as his faithful companion. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Anyway, despite apprehension and occasional squeamishes, she appears to be his last willing accomplice and confidant. She does not display concern at the obvious severity of the master's plans and is seen dancing to voodoo child while six billion taclophane descend upon the earth. The tie-in website www.haroldsaxon.co.uk describes Lucy as the youngest child of Lord Cole of Tarminster in The Sound of Drums. She refers to her gratitude for all Mr. Saxon did for my father and is said to be a uh, of good family by Rook. Uh, let's see here. But never planned to follow her father's footsteps in politics. She went to Rodine School. Rook described her as not especially bright, but essentially harmless. And was on the Sussex Netball team and studied Italian at St. Andrews. The website says that she met Saxon during the publishing of his autobiography and they married in 2007. The Sound of Drums is set in 2008. The Last of the Time Lords set a year later. Lucy appears in more opulent costume. Op- is that right? Opulent? Uh, anyway, than before. A red evening dress with red nail varnish, which, uh, let's see, but with bruises around her right eye and less enthusiastic attitude. Now, I don't remember the bruises. Did you okay. remember that? Yeah. Okay. Suggesting physical and emotional abuse by the master. See, I would have never picked up on that had I not read this. Uh, and her loyalty loyalty to him appears to waver. She initially did you pick up on that? 
Yes, I did okay. pick up on that. Okay. She initially, uh, let's see, initially supports his plans to conquer the universe. But when Martha confronts the master and humans start to chant doctor, Lucy joins their chanting. She later shoots the master, seemingly killing him. Faced with imprisonment in the doctor's TARDIS, he refused to regenerate, telling the doctor, I win. Later, after his body is cremated, a female hand... Wearing red nail polish is seen taking the master's ring from the burned out pyre while with malevolent laughter echoing in the background. Now, I didn't hear the laughing in the background. Anyway, very interesting stuff. See, that's what I love about Wikipedia. Wikipedia rocks. It really is cool. <laughs> All right. So anyway, now back to our show discussion. Okay. But anyway, I just I just thought she was beautiful and and that she played a great um, role in this show. She really did. So I, I really enjoyed the role that she I, played. I think I think that she kind of made the the master be as cool as he was, just because it's like what what's up with her? Why why is she? So I mean, is right. it was it the network? And and I have it, to th- it I think been. it was yeah, the network. Was, he, I mean, that's how he was getting to everyone, right? So anyway, I really enjoyed this episode, um, and we really got to see the the. What else did we see in this? Do, do you recall what else was in this episode? It, it's kind of all blurring together for me. The sound of drums. Sound of drums. So, oh wow! How how Martha had um, Martha had the the um, upper hand the whole time, even when they were taking her. Yeah. Oh yeah, the fact that the the perception filter, which was brought up yeah. even earlier in the per- utopia, yes, the perception filter was kind of nice. Or was that brought? No, that was brought up in this one. It was no, this one. The perception filter was at the end of. Oh, was it? It was at the end of Utopia when they were walking around the city, and then they got onto his ship. Oh okay. Oh yeah okay. Yeah right. Yeah sure. I, okay. Yes. And um. So so she still had her hers on when she transported out at the end of Utopia. Right. Okay? Absolutely. But that's not what I mean. I mean when she went to see that um that scientist or doctor or whatever woman hiding out uh, when the young man took her to find him. Are you following me? Uh-huh. Did you you look really lost. I am. Okay. Um when when she w- was having him take her to meet with this lady and she showed the gun to her and, and said, you know, I've been traveling all around the world for this. And then that lady says, I have very important information for the master. That whole time, I was very cool to learn that Martha actually had the upper hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That That's what I'm saying. Yeah, she she was always on had the upper hand and she knew. And, and I didn't get the fact that when she went back, when they were back, she gave her flowers. And she says, I just want you to know I understand. And I guess it had something to do with her son. Mm-hmm. The master must. Yeah, I, don't I, don't, I don't know. But anyway, maybe there's some notes in t- here to it. But, so anyway, uh, let me read this from the thing. It says, the doctor adds a perception field to the TARDIS keys, allowing the trio to move about unnoticed. Uh, when he explains the perception filter to Martha and Jack, Martha is confused at first, but then the doctor describes it. He says, it's like when you fancy someone and they don't ever know that you exist. And Martha stares incredulously at him. Jack looks at her sympathetically and says, 
You too, huh? See that I think that's a reference there. Do you? Because I thought that that was yeah. a reference to Rose because no. Captain Jack fancied Rose, but Rose was in love with the Doctor. That's ah. how I. I don't know. I could be wrong. Okay, that that's how I took it. So right, and so it was neat to see the American president show up in this, and of course, uh, later in the episode, we learned that he was uh, assassinated. And that we learned about a paradox machine. He's more than assassinated. <laughs> he just kind of evaporated. Exactly. He's just gone. Exactly. And um, let's see here. One. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, I was sorry. I was look checking the chat room there for just a moment. Anyway, so we we got a lot of uh, really cool sci-fi stuff here. We had the paradox machine, which you know it just makes your mind warp trying to think about all of how that all works out. It's the kind of you know uh, what is that called? Back to the Future ish kind of stuff in there. But of course, yeah. Back to the Future came around way after Doctor Who had been doing this kind of to- story stuff. You know, ever even thought about it? So anyway. Um, the other thing is, is that I loved that um, we heard the cloister bell ringing. You have no idea what the cloister bell is, do you? No. Let me read read to you about the cloister bell real quick. Okay. At least I think I don't. You, there's no reason you should. Uh, per, that Well, I'm just... Not, uh, I know. Okay. I know. So anyway, um, let's see if I can find the cloister bell. It's an alarm that tolls... In the manner of heavy church, in the manner of a heavy church bell in the TARDIS to warn the crew of impending disaster. First heard in Legopolis, it rings again in Castrovalva, the resurrection of the Daleks, in the 1996 television movie, the 2005 Children in Need special, which we're going. I guess we already saw that one, and then the sound of drums and oh, cool time crash, which. I can't wait to show you Time Crash. Anyway, um, so the Cloister Bell, it, that took me back to, and you know what? I remember Legopolis because Legopolis, I think, is uh, right around when uh, Peter Davidson was coming into to being. So okay. very awesome stuff. Took me way back. Alrighty. Cool. But any, the Cloister Bell has been around for a long time, and it was cool to hear that. Um, let's see here. The So we had uh, the master one-upped the doctor instead of having a sonic screwdriver he had the laser a laser screwdriver laser screwdriver and of course it was uh it had um genetic manipulation technology it only worked for him exactly Mm -hmm. and uh anyway there's just all kinds of different things in here it It was they were very good three episodes it was it was a great story arc um fantastic season finale Yes. I thought. Um, I love the way that they ended the season with um, with Martha staying home on her own terms. You know, not following the doctor and pining after him. This is me moving on. This is me moving on. Or getting out. Getting Get, out. No, no, wait, wait, wait. No. This is me getting out. Okay. Sorry. Anyway, so <laughs> it, it was Martha getting out on her own terms, but still left the possibility for you know for us to see Martha again in the future, which I thought was really cool. Giving her the cell phone uh, or him the cell phone, right? And I also really loved how she phoned, um, she phoned that young doctor gentleman, oh, yeah, to see if he was to see if he was around, you know. When they got back. So maybe we'll get to see Martha in love with someone who loves her back. Absolutely. 
And of course, immediately following the episode, as soon as the, I mean, the very end of the episode is so cool. He talks about, you know, that when I was a kid, they called me the face of bow. They called me and uh-huh. the show ends. It's like, oh, wow. Is that awesome? And so beautiful. we went back to gridlock immediately afterwards. We did. And went straight. And because the kids are saying uh, our kids were watching this with us. And um, oh, it's so funny. My daughter's two years old. And she says, or I'm sorry, she's okay. almost three. But anyway, she is two, you know. Yeah. Okay. So my daughter is two years old and she, we were going to watch the Doctor Who part two or the, mm-hmm. the second part of the three part finale. And she goes, Are, we're going to watch Doctor Who, dad. And I'm like, yeah. She goes, the one with the bad man. Yeah. Which <laughs> she's talking about the master. It's so yeah. funny how much she picked up on it. But anyway, um, the kids are like, who's the face of Bo? Who's the face of Bo? And they've been watching mm-hmm. Doctor Who. Even when you weren't watching these, they watched the other ones yeah. with me. And so um, when I went back and showed them, they recognized it. But we went back and we got to see the doctor with the face of Bo. And when he breathed his last and shared his last secret, mm-hmm. and he says, you are not alone. It was, it was very, very awesome. I, I have to say, very awesome writing. It was very cool. And I would hope to know, like, Doug um, asked in, in his his voicemail do you think that that was intentional having rose you know bring him back and now he's not able to die do you think that that was intentional in season one or to to play out in in this story that we've seen or do you think that they just did that and kept him on the back burner and and i would have to i would have to think that it was intentional and the reason why i have to think that it's intentional is because didn't we see the face of Bo in season one? Yeah, we did. So, I mean, they had to give some kind of... Expo- they had to know, I believe, when they brought the face of Bo. Mm-hmm. I believe we, we were introduced to a lot of people in that episode where where they go forward and, and it's, you know, the... What was it? Like they were celebrating the collapse of the sun or, some, or something. I can't, I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I can't remember what all that was. But anyway... um. I have to believe that they had sto- back. They have backstories for all of those people, and that we will eventually come and and see right. a lot of that bared out. So, anyway, it was the end of the earth. Jeremy says, "Okay, very, very cool." Well, folks, that is our re- review of the end of season three. So, Stephanie, what that means is that next is let's see if i can see time crash which is a special and then voyage of the damned which i believe would be the next thing so we're going to watch uh time crash uh for next week which i think is very short so we might watch time crash and something else but peter davidson is uh the doctor that i was talking about i think he was in legopolis Anyway, he and David Tennant are going to run into each other face to face. Cool. And it's really cool. It is a really great little episode. Very, cool. very short indeed. It's a, it's a very mini episode. I'd like so. to go back and watch the Christmas special with Rose. Okay. Because I've never seen that one. You haven't? No. Oh, well, then no. We'll we watched season that. one and then we watched season two, but I never missed that. Okay. Well, we'll. we'll or make... was that at the end of season two? Anyway, I've anyway. never seen Yeah. We'll, we'll do that, babe. I'll do it for you, Thanks. sweet pea. All right. Well, folks, thank you for joining us once again for yet another, yet another episode of the Doctor Who Fan Podcast. 
And we invite you to join in in the conversation. You can call and leave your feedback at area code 859-795-4067. And folks, if you haven't done so already, would you consider becoming a gspn.tv plus member? You can do that over at gspn.tv slash plus. And uh, we're out of here. God bless. We'll talk to you next week.